0: Welcome to the Be Your Own Badass Podcast, a show dedicated to helping overwhelmed women stop people-pleasing and learn how to live their life guilt-free for putting themselves first. I'm your host, Sarah Catherine, and it's time to live a life on your terms. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Badass Podcast. I'm Sarah, your host and self-discovery coach, here to help you... Feel confident and aligned with your goals and really reconnect with who you are and what you want without caring about what other people think. Today, we have an incredible guest. We have Kelsey from Simply Bentley. Kelsey is a self-care expert, and I'll go into more details on her bio and like who she is and what she does in a moment, but I was really excited to have Kelsey on because I know self-care is something that many listeners and many of my followers and everything like that really want to work on, and self-care, in essence, is one of the absolute best things that you can do when it comes to prioritizing yourself and doing what you need in order to feel and be your best self. So Kelsey goes into many different topics, especially when it comes to establishing a routine and doing what works best for you, her own experience with her self-care journey and experiencing burnout on her own, and how she's been able to establish what works well for herself. And as well as tips and advice for you in case you are brand new to self-care and that whole process or you are experiencing burnout and signs that you can look out for to make sure that you don't hit that burnout cycle, which I know as perfectionists and overachieving just high ambitious people, it can be really easy to do all of the things and stop noticing what you're doing like that could lead to burnout. Plus, on top of that, she has some really helpful advice advice when it comes to saying no and upholding healthy boundaries, especially if you're in the service industry. Kelsey is a hairstylist by trade and she's had to navigate setting healthy boundaries at work, which has some extremely powerful advice on how to enforce those boundaries both at work and in your own personal life and the importance of setting boundaries and how they help both you and the other people around you. So a little bit more about Kelsey. Kelsey Bentley is a self-care and mindset coach who helps women with irregular schedules create sustainable routines to prevent burnout and promote better self-care. She got her start coaching women from behind the chair as a hairstylist and dove deep into the work of self-care after going through her own experience with burnout. Her written work can be found on sites such as mama minimalist the hive and morning laziness and she's been featured on several podcasts including healing unscripted and all things relaxed when kelsey isn't helping people feel good inside and out kelsey enjoys reading personal development books being a lazy gardener and sharing meals with friends kelsey lives in central illinois with her husband brett her black lab clark and her sassy calico cat lewis without further ado Here's Kelsey.
1: Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited to have you. It's so great to like talk to you and see you and really connect because, like, I don't know how long ago it was, but you had done a guest post on my blog like a while ago.
1: Yeah. And then.
0: Later, we reconnected on Instagram and everything like that. And now here
1: you are. (laughs) I know. It's so funny how these like, it's so funny in the online world. It's like you kind of loop back around and find people again. And it's super cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm really excited to have you on because I know self-care, like you're a self-care expert. Um, You're great about routines and avoiding burnout. And I know my audience is going to really love this because self-care is always something that they want to work on. They want to learn about and burnout as a perfectionist even, or just even if you're a coach or anything like it's so easy to get into that cycle. And I'm really excited to hear what you have to say learn more about your experience and have my audience hear about it as well. So I'm very excited and can't wait to get in. Yeah. Tell, I'd love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your story and what you do, because some people might not know.
1: Yeah, sure. So I am actually a hairstylist by trade. And um, so I'm used to working with people a lot. When I am not behind the chair helping people, I like to, or I I am now, I'm a self-care coach, as you mentioned, um, who specializes in helping people with routines that foster more self-care in their lives. Because about five years into my career, I really suffered with a lot of burnout. Like, I have a hard time telling people no, or I used to. And so when you're in that kind of position, it's really easy to just put yourself last all the time. And I really didn't even know the concept of self-care at that point in life.
0: Yeah, that, especially with um, learning to say no, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part. And then (laughs) establishing those routines to make sure, like it just can sneak up on you if you don't have, that routine set that works for you, and something that I I've liked in your content is you've post you've posted and shared about how like it work. You have to do what works well for you. It doesn't have to be this picture perfect routine. Yes. Yeah, and because it, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the in the YouTube and the TikTok perfection that is self care nowadays, like that aesthetically pleasing thing, but really that's not what it's about. You know?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and you know when I first started to, I got really wrapped up into that. And I mean, maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but it, it just really did not feel authentic because you're trying to go for a look instead of what works naturally for you.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. And so for what has been your own experience before um, and, and after you established your healthy self-care routines and, and what has worked well for you throughout that?
1: So before, as I mentioned, I had really, really poor boundaries. I was exhausted all the time. I was working um, through my breaks. I was working outside of my working hours. I was eating terribly. I, I mean, to the point that I was so exhausted, when I would go home, I would grab something frozen, processed, whatever, eat, eat, and then literally collapse into bed, still in my makeup. Sometimes even still in my clothes from the salon, which is totally disgusting. <laughs> um, and so then it was like, you know, I hit a breaking point with that because obviously living like that, you just can't. You can't keep going on, and it feels good in the moment when you're helping people, when you're mm-hmm. making clients feel good. So it's hard to say no to them, and people have a lot of reasons for struggling to say no to others. But I think when you look at the repercussions of that and not caring for yourself in the process, you can really see how bad it is for yourself. So after kind of discovering this, um, it started with there was a challenge online and I, I think the blog is not, um, online anymore. Cause I've looked for it since then, but this woman had a 21 day self-care challenge and I had really never heard of self-care before that point. And so I did this challenge and it, it was just so mind blowing to me. And it was really simple stuff. Like one of the days, which is probably one of my favorite days, cause it was fun, but also challenging is you had to make a list of a hundred things that make you happy and you mm. think, Oh yeah, that's no big deal, but it was really a challenge. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was kind of my kicking off point. And then after that, you know, I've just kept working on different things here and there and I joke, I'm comfortable ish no saying no now. <laughs> it's always there's always this like slight feeling of worrying, you know, about what what the response is going to be.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I've gotten a lot more comfortable in knowing how to deal with those kind of responses. I, I am pleased to say that I do not go to bed in my salon clothes anymore. It sounds like a funny thing. Like it sounds like a silly frivolous thing, but you know, these are small ways that you can take care of yourself and just like respect your body and respect your sleep hygiene and things like that. So developing small routines and things that work, even though I have a really irregular schedule, has made mm-hmm. such a difference in how I'm mm-hmm. able to show up and even how I'm able to, you know, be there for my clients, too. It's it's not just for me. It's for everybody that I come in contact with.
0: Hmm. I, I like that you said that because a lot of people and, and some of my own clients and students, like they see putting themselves first initially before they really get into working with me as like a selfish thing, but really you are still like, just like you said, it's good for both of you. It's good for other people because you can be your best for other people when you start putting yourself first too. Like that's huge.
1: Yeah. Well, even, even since, um, after we were shut down because, you know, the salon was Mm -hmm. shut down for 10 weeks last year. And when we came back, we were not allowed by the health department to double book clients, And so we could only have one client at a time, which used to, you know, anytime that you had a color in the chair, you would have somebody while they were processing as well. And so Mm -hmm. coming back to that and having that, I was like, wow, like it's so nice. And I had gotten a lot better already about taking breaks and things like that. But I decided that, the interactions that I was having with clients were so improved by not having to watch the clock so closely and and hurry, hurry, hurry all the time. And I even had a client say to me, you know, you seem so much different and I really don't think you should go back to double booking. <laughs> so other people do notice. So even though it, it feels like for me in my situation, it feels challenging to have to tell somebody they have to wait longer for an appointment if you're having more quality interactions with others, that's that's what really matters. And even though that is one situation, it doing that in all areas of your life will will yield the same result.
0: Mm-hmm. It, my my current hairdresser does the double booking, and I've never had one do that before. And I'm always just like, how do you balance both of these ones? Yeah. Like, I'm always impressed. Um, but. With, something I want to circle back on that I that I like that you said, you mentioned that you um, in the past have just loved helping others so much, but it was to the point of you didn't have healthy boundaries. So at this point, now that you recognize your own boundaries and what you need, how would you recommend or what did you notice was that tipping point of, you know, you want to help other people, but it's to, that, to the expense of yourself, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think really it, it all kind of came about with the self-care stuff. But mm. I think that the big thing was is realizing when you're starting to resent people even though you're supposed to be or you think that you're showing up to care for them. That mm. was like so big for me was I was holding on to a lot of resentment, but really it was because I was teaching people to respond to me in a certain way by having no boundaries.
0: Mm. Mm, yeah, that's true. Once you have that negative like energy, your attitude yeah. show up. That's definitely a good red flag that you're hitting that breaking point, for sure. Uh, and that's not fair to the other people either.
1: Yeah, like, because they don't even cause... know they're doing anything wrong, and then all of a sudden you're being like short with them, and they don't understand why.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something that I've noticed is like like when I was living with roommates, like before I was living with my boyfriend. But if I suddenly started feeling like kind of similar like I was just feeling extra annoyed with things that weren't necessarily new and weren't necessarily big deals but like if I was starting to get annoyed with habits with the other people that either I was around with often or living with I noticed that that was the point where it's like oh, I need to take care of myself here like because something it's really just me projecting onto them rather than them doing anything because they haven't done necessarily anything at all to directly affect me yeah
1: they haven't done anything different too. And sometimes I think taking care of yourself is just checking in with what your mind is focusing on too. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to say that sometimes outer behaviors and activities don't need to change, but also Mm -hmm. sometimes if you're just kind of woke up on the wrong side of the bed, having a bad day, it's really easy to focus on those negative things. And so I think taking that moment to pause and be like, okay, what am I really upset with? Or what am I really annoyed by? And deciding whether or not that's something worth pursuing or trying to do something about or if it's just something you need to change your mindset about.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. And how has your own view on self-care changed over time? Like I know that you said self-care was rather new to you once you started going to this challenge, but how has that developed and shifted the more that you've learned more about the topic?
1: So recently, especially, I I don't know that I could have put a name to it before, but recently I found this TikTok account and she talks about struggle care, which is like when you're having like mental health challenges and things like that. And I can't remember the exact name of her account. It's something with struggle care in the name, I'm pretty sure. But Mm -hmm. she talks about like when you're having mental health challenges or things like that. And the difference between care tasks and self-care tasks, but I actually kind of lump them together. And so what she describes as a care tasks are things that need to be done, you know, regardless, like you, at some point you need to clean your kitchen and I don't consider cleaning your kitchen necessarily self-care, but having like a good environment in your home that makes you feel good and energizes you and things like that. So I think kind of making that distinction and then trying to dive deeper into, because self-care tasks, she defines as more so things that you're doing just for the sake of the task. So a care task mm. is making dinner. Like you you need to eat something. <laughs> for me though, self-care is on my nights off, I like to make something that's maybe a little bit more fussy than I would make any other night of the week. And I turn on some like very vibey music, maybe have a glass of wine and that's self-care to me because I can just really get in the zone and in the flow. So I think stepping into some of that more relaxing type of self-care as opposed to just the care tasks as themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause I mean,
0: I feel like the definition or the practice in the last five or six years now has shifted and developed the more it's gone in because you have like we talked about earlier the aesthetic self-care which could work for some people um but also just the basic needs that i mean as you were experiencing um like even those little things like they add up even if they are if if that other person would define them as day-to-day care but when right. you're going like throughout that burnout cycle that even those little things can just be thrown out the window and exactly. it adds up yeah, yeah you so. end up
1: missing a lot of that a lot of the care tasks and so care tasks feel like self-care when you don't have that routine or that regular care established in your life it feels very luxurious to have a clean bathroom or whatever your whatever your <laughs> task of the day is you know
0: Yeah. And like, personally, like, I know if I'm really stressed, I know that if I clean wherever I am, I'll feel so much better. And I just know that about myself. So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so nowadays, I know you've gone into this a little bit, but how do you navigate particularly stressful times of your life? So like, I actually just recently had my student this week ask, how when things are getting really stressful, it's very easy to start ignoring the habits that you've developed and -hmm. get into the old bad habits. So what are some ways that you navigate those particularly stressful times to try and regain those habits that you have developed or just kind of navigate through them in general?
1: Yeah. So when I'm feeling, especially when I'm feeling really mentally overwhelmed, um, I like to make lists and then kind of sort them out. Like, things that, because sometimes we don't realize the things that are stressing us out are not really things that we can do anything about right now. So just having it Mm -hmm. on paper because your brain is trying to hold on to it. And so it's taking up room. So making lists, categorizing things, maybe taking an hour or two, if that's possible, to knock off several things on the list, just to get them out of the way, but also remembering to go back to basics. So again, if if you've developed this amazing routine, but your season of life has changed and it just isn't possible right now, it's important not to be really hard on yourself for not being able to maintain that routine, but just be willing to take a couple steps back. Do Ask yourself, you know, if, if you're used to being able to meditate for 30 minutes in the morning and do a workout and anything else that you might be doing as part of your new good good, I'm using air quotes, good routine, your, your favorite routine or whatever, what is a toned down version that can still help fulfill you in the time of stress? So maybe it's a five minute meditation. Maybe it's just a little bit of breath work before you get in the car to drive to work in the morning or something like that. So really, I think focusing on the smallest possible action you can take and then building back up from there as things start to um, level out for you.
0: I like that. I like that you said like a kind of a toned down version because it's really easy to be and and especially the self-compassion that you have to give to yourself in those in those moments of life, because even just doing if you can't do it all. I mean, personally, I struggle with like if I'm not doing all the things that I expect myself to do, I'm really hard on myself. And then I just don't do any of it, which isn't helpful at all. So having that just almost emergency reference list of like the basics that, you know, work well for you, yeah, I think that, that's yeah. I like that, and yeah. I have a quick question, kind of unrelated. Sure. What's your? Do you know your enneagram number? Oh, <laughs> I bet <laughs> you don't. Know enneagram, don't you? <laughs> I, 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 I'm. I have an idea. <laughs> I'm a big old two.
1: I'm a big old oh, enneagram two. Okay. Why? What I was did you think when you
0: said I was, you were talking about lists? So I thought you might be a one like me, but with the boundaries and things like I can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Uh, the two works as well. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, once you start talking about lists, I was like, is she a one? I'm not sure. But yeah, the two, two works as well, especially with a, like, I think you've told me that before, too. So I feel like I should have known that. But I'm always eh, curious.
1: Okay. <laughs> Usually when I talk about like, it feels so good to help others. And I think it's easy, especially for Enneagram two people to Mm -hmm. almost, and and sometimes you have to watch yourself because it can turn into an almost like codependent vibe that you get from helping others. And so I always feel like it's really obvious that that's, and my wing is three actually. So that still fits. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, one and three, I feel like are pretty close. Like they're pretty similar. Cause like I'm, I some, I don't, I don't necessarily have an official wing, I feel, but sometimes <laughs> I lean towards two, hence the people pleasing ha- um, past. But sure. um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that reminds me of my friend sent me a meme like yesterday about what each enneagram does through uh, during a breakup <laughs> because she's dealing with one right now. And twos, I was like, oh god, twos needs need some help there. It was helping their ex. get set up with a new person. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, that's not healthy.
1: Oh, no. I mean, I didn't do that, but I definitely packed all his things. I packed all his things. I had two friends come over. And, yeah, all his – I mean, it was in garbage bags. It's not like we were kind about it, but (laughs) – he packed all his things but i mean you oh, know there was funny. also a benefit to that and it didn't take that long for him to come get his things <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had, your your three wing was in there about reaching yeah, that I'm like, goal you know? this
1: done. the goal is you out of here and we are reaching this goal <laughs>
0: oh that's too funny oh man
1: yeah
0: oh but yeah i'm i just love knowing whose enneagrams so are i've just been like, obsessed like, I know that's like not really on topic, but still yeah. something. I feel like I should add that in like the rapid fire questions if yeah. people know, because I'm just always curious. It just fascinates me. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I love it. Um, what are some signs of oncoming burnout that people need to be aware of? Because oftentimes, even for myself, you don't really know what's happening until you're deep in it. Like, sure. you're at that like low point, and then you're like, oh crap. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. But what are some signs that people can have to just be aware of to kind of hit the brakes before they hit that ultimate burnout point?
1: Sure. So, like I mentioned before, when you feel yourself starting to resent people that you normally would be there to help or to, you know, like even your friends or anybody like that. If you start to feel a lot of resentment coming up, it's mm-hmm. a good time to pause and think about what is triggering this? Or what am I not giving myself that is, you know, contributing to this resentment? Also, um, anytime you think something like, I just wish someone would take care of me for once. That Mm -hmm. is a huge red flag that you are like, right there on the cusp, it's time to pause and, and give yourself the care that you wish that someone else would because I had this really um, big realization a while back was that nobody else can give us the care that we are not willing to give ourselves because mm. as you mentioned before there's like a worth issue there so if you don't feel worthy of giving yourself that care you're not going to feel worthy of somebody else giving it to you so mm. that's a big one um, or and this one it sounds kind of funny but like if you notice yourself starting to daydream about having a slight medical emergency that requires hospitalization oh, no. so that you are in the hospital and somebody can take care of you, but you don't have to feel bad about it, that's a bad thing. You're not supposed to I would to say think so. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but the more people I talk to, that's actually kind of a common like um daydream that people have mm. when they're starting to burn out is having <laughs> some kind of instance of having to have inpatient care for something. Wow.
0: You know, I'm not now that I think about it, I'm not too like too surprised because sometimes I can picture people, and honestly, I may have even dealt with this in the years past of like just mm-hmm. wishing I could take a sick day, like wishing yeah. I got sick because I didn't have to go to work and I could just get paid to be not working. When really, it's like you can just call out of work, like it's right. fine. Nobody has but, to actually
1: know you're not sick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but <in> like <laughs> mental and mental health days are just as important, which is something I'm yeah. still like making sure that I remind myself. I tell other people like, "Oh yeah, take a mental health day," but when it's myself, I'm like. Pfft, Nah, right. it's fine. But right, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the last one I would say would be like, if you feel like everybody only contacts you when they want something, that's another That's another sign that you're starting to burn out or giving too much mm. of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely all really important to hear about and keep in mind. And like, honestly, I feel like people should write those down and <laughs> keep them handy because when you're stressed, that's the last thing that you think about, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then for my next question I had, um, oh, what would you suggest to someone who's just getting started building a self-care routine or on the verge of experiencing burnout?
1: OK, so a few things. Um, if you don't have a lot of routine in your life to start with, so mm-hmm. if you are someone who has a really irregular schedule or just kind of flies by the seat of your pants a lot, don't try to go with someone else's routine that is very structured and lengthy and done for you because all that's going to do is feel like another to-do list for you. It's going to create a, a secondary sense of burnout because you're trying to force something that's not right for your lifestyle. So again, start with the smallest possible actions that you can take. Maybe it's just 15 minutes to yourself every morning or cleaning just a small space. Like one thing that I love to tell people to do that it gives a disproportionate amount of satisfaction is cleaning out your wallet or your handbag. It Mm. sounds like the strangest thing, but just having that sense of calm and order in one small place, it kind of gives you a little boost and then you can go from there. And then as far as routines and stuff like that go, I caution people to be very, very vigilant about what they're consuming online. Because as you mentioned before, there's the self-care aesthetic videos on YouTube. And I used to consume those all of the time. Mm. And I thought, if my stationary supplies didn't match, my morning routine wasn't going to work, which may be an exaggeration. But you know what I'm saying? Like You get these yeah. ideas about what self-care looks like and what your routines should look like. And it it's very different in real life than what it is on YouTube. Um, a, a small example, I filmed an Instagram reel recently. And I hesitated putting it online. I was like a little bit embarrassed. But it was one of the tips that I use whenever I realize that I've kind of gotten off my routine. And so like the house has gotten a mess. So the Reel opens panning across my countertops with my dirty dishes on it. And then it shows like, you know, I set a timer for 15 minutes. I asked my husband to help me. So I show like him vacuuming the living room. And then I show like what a difference that 15 minutes can make. And now 47,000 people at the time of this recording have seen my dirty kitchen. So (laughs) apparently it's working for people. So start super small and realize that the aesthetic is that's like an after effect and it's totally optional so Mm -hmm. consume stuff that feels realistic that feels easy for you to get in touch with
0: I like that and I mean at least for myself like I've gotten caught up in need just like what you mentioned in the past I've gotten caught up with like oh morning routines need to be I need to get up at like 5 a.m. or something and I need to do this whole thing and I need to like journal and I need to do meditate like I need to stack all these things before I start my eight-hour work day and I am awful at going to bed on time like to get (laughs) a significant amount of sleep because I'm just a night owl and so getting up that early sounded like literal hell (laughs) yeah and so like but I was hearing so many other like coaches entrepreneurs all this kind of stuff being like oh you have to get up early to do that but really like you don't yeah. Like, and I don't see very many people saying, like, you don't have to do all of the things that other people are doing.
1: Yeah. You know? And one of, yeah. my, one of my favorite tips... Okay, two things in, in reference to that. <laughs> I actually made a YouTube video where I was like, my success does not depend on me getting up at 5 a.m. I am an early <laughs> riser, but that's besides the point. My success does <laughs> not depend on that. And another thing, too, is having... A strong evening routine because that was actually Mm -hmm. where I started before I started. And my, I consider my morning routine to be kind of fluid, and I focus more on, you know, one thing or another based on where my energy is at that day. But Mm -hmm. having an evening routine, super, super small, making sure the coffee is ready for morning because, like, we grind our beans every time. So it's yeah. Oh my gosh, do you percolate?
0: No, no, but oh. we just we just grind it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, get a percolator. It's the best coffee you'll ever have. I'm okay. not kidding. Noted. Um, <laughs> yeah. So but having the strong taking off my makeup so I'm not wearing it to bed like I used to. Just kinda putting putting the dishes in the dishwasher and little things like that in the evening do make the morning routine go a lot smoother, more smoothly. Mm-hmm. However we're saying that. And then you make a really good point of if you're not a morning person, getting up at 5 a.m. is not going to help you. So really yeah. know and pay attention to your energy cycles throughout the day. There's um, – what's it called? The sleep chronotype, I think. There's like a quiz you can take online that's like your sleep chronotype. And it actually hmm. breaks down kind of how your energy cycles work, if you're the type of person who needs more sleep or less sleep and things like that. So that's hmm. really helpful too to pay attention – when you're most most energetic and so tailoring your self-care and your routines to that,
0: I like that, yeah, because like like you said, everyone's different like, and there's no need to force something and once you're forcing something, then you're not actually like helping yourself. you're just you're making you're taking care more of yourself stressed. <laughs> exactly the whole basis of everything you're just going against what you're trying to do
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: Oh man. And for my next question, um, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received about self-care?
1: It came from Dawn Bradley, who is a coach for hairstylists. And she Hmm. talks all about boundaries within your business, setting and enforcing boundaries. And she says, like, she repeats this over and over and over kindness, compassion, and empathy. You can say Hmm. no, and it doesn't mean you're being a jerk. You can say mm-hmm. no, and you can have kindness, compassion, and empathy for the other person's situation. Like, I understand that you have vacation next week, and unfortunately, because you canceled your appointment with me last week, I am not able to get you in before your vacation. You know, it, It's not. it's not the stylist's fault, and yeah. you're still being understanding of the fact like, hey, I understand that this is frustrating for you. And I will be happy to get you in at my next available time after your vacation. You know, it, it doesn't mean you're being a jerk. You're just, you're acknowledging that they have um, some frustration, but you know, it is what it is.
0: I love that. And one thing I really loved about what you just said is you didn't apologize Mm -hmm. because when you're starting to learn how to say no and set those boundaries, it's so easy to constantly apologize for them and you absolutely don't need to. In fact, I feel like, it's a stronger boundary when you don't because the other people won't think that you just feel really like, you know, you feel guilty. It makes you feel guilty. And that just, you know, like you're shrinking away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're not. And I feel like if you stop apologizing or if you just don't apologize at all while you're enforcing that, it makes people also want to respect it even more because otherwise then it's just like, oh, wait, but she wants to
1: Right. She feels bad about it.
0: Yeah. And like the wrong people or the people that don't have Mm -hmm. your best interests in mind might take advantage of that. Sure.
1: Well, and actually now that like just saying that statement to you that I understand is actually her advice as well. I understand Mm -hmm. how you're feeling because that kind of puts their defenses down a little bit too. They're not trying to like jump back at you so quickly. Like, because that's the empathy portion of it. I understand yeah. that this is a challenge for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Because then you're letting them know that they were heard mm-hmm. at the same time. And that you're thinking of them too. But you're also thinking of yourself. So yeah, it's yeah. very yeah. helpful. Um, and before I get into the rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests, uh, how can people find you if they want to connect and learn more from you?
1: So I hang out most frequently on Instagram, um, apparently getting really excited to share a video of my dirty kitchen. Um, <laughs> but I do share little tips and stuff on there um, pretty much daily through reels and carousels and stuff like that. And my DMs are always open if you have questions or just want to make a connection.
0: Awesome. And all of you. The links to Kelsey's Instagram and all of her social media pages will be in the show notes of this episode, so you can refer to those if you want to connect. So I have just three more questions left for you. These are just, like I said, they're rapid fire. I ask every guest um, these questions, which I might ask one more question to everyone else now when we have the Enneagram (laughs) conversation. Um, But yeah, these are just going to be whatever comes to your mind first, you know, don't have to go too in-depth or anything. Uh, But yeah, here we go. So first question I have for you is what does happiness mean to you?
1: Happiness means to me time, freedom and awareness of what's going on in my mind.
0: Mm, I like that a lot. Time freedom, too. Um, And what's one thing on your bucket list that you can't wait to do?
1: I can't wait to visit my friend, Michelle, who lives in Australia. She is a fellow online business owner and coach. And we've actually met in person once, but I want to go visit her.
0: Ooh, that's fun. I've never been over there either. That's really (laughs) exciting. (laughs) And number three, if you can give your younger self one main piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Don't set yourself on fire for other people's benefit. It, mm. like leave those relationships that are not serving you or feel super one-sided
0: really good advice really important <laughs> so thank you so much Kelsey for joining us and I'm excited to see more of what you do and also this I know this is coming out later but the self-care summit that you're doing um this is coming I think this episode I think is coming out afterward but I'm excited to see how that unfolds and everything that you're doing there
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun chatting with you.
0: I agree. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Be Your Own Badass podcast. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Do you have a question that you'd like answered on the Be Your Own Badass podcast? Go to com slash badassquestion to submit your question, get featured on there, and receive specific advice to help you. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.